Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following episode of Mark My Words has been edited for this rebroadcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network, and today is June 1st, 2014. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting live from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. So, you know, living in New York City as I do is quite an interesting experience. And all too often you hear stories of people having some unexpected tiff with somebody on the street because they bumped into them or they cut in front of them while walking down the street or, you know, something really nebulous that creates some sort of altercation. Um, I don't have it happen very often, but there was this one time that sticks out in my mind where, I, uh, I tossed something into the trash can on the street as I was walking past it, and, uh, and I missed. And I saw it miss uh, out of the corner of my eye. And I was going to turn and pick it up, even though there was plenty of other trash that had spilled onto the sidewalk from that trash can long before I got there. I was still going to turn and pick it up and place it properly in the trash can as I do. But before I could even finish my thought of turning to pick it up, a woman had observed the entire thing and just went off on me. And she calls me a litterer. She goes, you're a litterer. Who do you think you are? And she just starts screaming at me. It was such a typical New York moment. It was just great. And I got really, really angry. I just started yelling back at her to calm down. And she's like, don't you tell me to calm down. You're a litterer. You're littering my neighborhood. I was like, I was about to pick it. Don't you lie to me. And she just would not let off. So I lost my cool a little bit said a couple of things that, I'd, uh, <laughs> that I don't normally say, but I lost it and, um, and walked away. And I could not let go of this interaction for like the next two days. Every time I talked about it, I got really, really upset. Um, and even now sometimes when I talk about it, I kind of relive it and I get upset. And I realized that what's happening as I do that, and what I certainly allowed to happen the day that it happened, was I gave my power away to her. As long as I let her run my emotions and have it all be about her, I let her take my power from me. I was giving my power away. And giving our power away is something that we do in so many ways. Sometimes it's in little, you know, inconsequential things like that, uh, like that that I just described. And sometimes it's bigger and more important and even more self-sabotaging uh, than the way I just described, as my guest tonight is going to share. So my guest tonight... I'm very delighted to have on the show is Barbie Holder. Barbie is a life coach who specializes in helping women get their power back. 
after they've given it away. So welcome, Barbie, to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you're welcome, and I'm so delighted to have you here. So, so we're going to discuss personal power tonight and how we give it away and how we gain it back. So what, I, what I'd like to ask you to do, Barbie, is uh, just start a little bit with your personal story of how you gave your power away, uh, what you did to gain it back, and then I'm going to ask you about some of the lessons uh, in that and the steps that you've uncovered uh, and now teach in helping those you work with understand how they give their power away and how to get it back. Um, but actually, before you tell us your story, if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do as a coach in helping women take their power back. Yeah, I help women um, really reclaim, rebuild, and redefine their life after divorce. Um, that's really the area that I specialize and focus on. And what I find happens is that the sort of the destructive pattern of, you know, the divorce and the, the aftermath of that is really women have just given up their power along the way, and they don't really know how to get it back. And so I help mm. them in identifying what it is that they need to do and the steps that they need to take to really stand in their their true, authentic power to create life on their terms. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So you, um, so you make a, a, a bit of a distinction in your workshops that you do and your seminars about what personal power is and what it's not. Could you just comment on those things? What is personal power and what isn't personal power? Yeah, a lot of times um, when I'm talking to people and I ask them, you know, what do you think personal power is, the thing that comes up for them is the word control. You know, they think about being in control of what happens to them or around them or even controlling their behavior. And when I'm speaking about personal power, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm really talking about um, the source of personal power as being someone who kind of behaves in a way that honors your true values and being in touch with who you really are at your core and holding firm your clear boundaries that celebrate that part of you. And I, I guess I would say, like, if I were just to sum it up in one word, it's being 100% authentic. Great. 100% authentic. And we're going to talk about uh, authenticity uh, a little bit later. So, well, that's great. That's really great. So uh, before we hear your story, I just want to remind callers that we'll be taking your calls tonight on the show as well. So uh, remind listeners, you're not callers until you call in. But for now, you're listeners. I want to remind listeners that you can call in and, uh, with questions that you might have for Barbie or myself. And the number to call in is 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. So uh, we'd love to hear some of your uh, questions or maybe even some of the things that you've learned about giving your power away in any situations going on or that have you've been through in, uh, in your life. So, uh, so great. So, Barbie, um, you know, usually when someone coaches about a particular topic like you do, uh, it's because they've had their own personal experience with it. And, uh, of course, that's been yours. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, the overview about your personal story uh, that led you to actually working on this issue with women. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I got married at a pretty young age to a man who at the time was an active addict. And honestly, at the time, um, I really didn't understand about the disease of addiction, you know, and it wasn't until I was probably about eight months pregnant that I really got my first um, reality check there. And I realized that he was an active addict at that time, and I, I really saw the destruction of the disease and the ramification it had on our life and marriage. And initially, I was pretty angry at him. Um, I was really confused, and I was hurt, and I really felt like a victim. 
I think I spent probably close to 10 years trying to control something that was just simply out of my control. And during that time, I really, I had lost myself along the way. So it wasn't until I really started to learn about personal power that I began to kind of find my way out of that destruction and start working on myself, um, getting myself out of that sort of destruction and despair that, you know, we both were tolerating at that time. So my very first step in actually doing that was to ask for help. Um, I knew that I couldn't do what I was doing any longer, and it was time for me to have somebody help me get on my path. And after a few years of kind of working through various helping modalities, I made the decision to end my marriage. Um, I took a job in a new city, and I moved my kids across the state. Um, It was a really scary time for me. All of it was, but it was also a really empowering time. And Mm -hmm. the thing I would say was, you know, my journey of that self-discovery and kind of getting back to my personal power, um, it started toward the end of my marriage, but that journey continued for several more years as I struggled to sort of find my way as a single parent, you know, raising two young children, navigating the dating scene after I was finally ready, and, you know, that was something I hadn't been exposed to for several years. Um, Mm -hmm. And then dealing with the sort of, like, emotional baggage that comes with being divorced um, and starting over. You know, I had been with the same man from the time I was 16 to 33, so... I kind of didn't know what wow. I was doing, and I had a lot of growing up to do. So sure. I had a lot of opportunity a, to sort of work on reclaiming my personal power during those years. Sure. And to really build up courage, because it sounds like, I mean, to move your children and yourself halfway across the street to the state and, and reclaim your life, um, that takes a lot of courage when what you've known for the previous 16, 17 years has been, you know, something quite different. Absolutely. And, you know, what, what comes to mind that I, um, with that is I had actually a choice at that point whether to I – was, I was offered two different jobs, one in a city where I'd never been and um, one that was in a city that was um, really close to my hometown where I knew I'd have a lot of support um, from family and friends who knew me. But there was something in me that was telling me to go to the city where I'd never been because I needed to know that I could do it on my own. Like there was a part of that that I just knew I needed to experience. And the new city is not really that far away from my family either. It's about a two-hour drive. But, mm-hmm. but even having made that, that distinction there, I felt like it helped to build my courage. Sure, sure. So let's go back a little bit to before you had that courage. Uh, so throughout the relationship, what were some of the ways you, you, you now recognize you were giving your power away during that time? Oh, gosh. Um, really, um, specifically in the marriage, allowing you know, his actions to dictate my mood or behaviors. Um, and that mm-hmm. was something that sort of carried on actually even after the marriage. That was a learned behavior that I had to unlearn. Um, so actually, that's kind of like the woman that yelled at me, and I allowed exactly. her expression of anger to run my mood, right? The same, that exactly. same kind of thing. Yeah, well, I could see exactly. how doing that on a daily basis would kind of ruin you. Yeah, well, yeah, and it makes yeah. for it just makes for a really unhappy life when when you take things personally that other people you know say or do. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. So go ahead. So allowing someone yeah, else's no, no. behavior to dictate your mood. Yep, tolerating behaviors that were sort of aligned with my values, um, mm-hmm. and and, you know, I guess knowing what my values were at that time and then even after, 
um, you know, there was a period in my life where I would just continue to, to tolerate for the sake of being liked, you know. Um, so that was, and, and that would lead me to, you know, settling for less than I deserved um, or desired mm-hmm. in, in terms of relationships um, or anything else, really. I mean, it could be a career or, or anything, but settling for less than I, you know, desired or deserved. Um, saying yes to things I didn't really want to do. <laughs> um, I would I would say yes to things because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings or um, I just I really wanted to be liked. And even if it was something I didn't really want to do, it did, wasn't coming from a place of compassion. It was coming from a place of kind of fear and obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then not being honest with my feelings. So, you know, there were a lot of layers on how I gave my power away. And it wasn't just in my marriage. It was, you know, those behaviors carried over several years afterwards. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and what, what were some of the ways that that affected you? So you were doing that, and then what, what do you see now that that actually did to you, to your spirit, to your psyche, uh, to your health, and to every other aspect of your life? Yeah, I think that I felt um, it, it sort of heightened that whole not good enough message that I already had going on at the time. Um, you know, because I wasn't honoring who I was. I wasn't being true to myself. So in a sense, it was like I was, I was saying to the universe, you're right, I'm not, I'm not good enough, and now I'm going to go out and, and prove to myself by taking on all these things that reinforce all the reasons why I'm not good enough. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure, sure. And, and, you know, we all have those messages, right? We all carry around these these messages that we know in coaching, we refer to as gremlins, which are uh, our own personal version of I'm not good enough, right? Yep. Um, you know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm too pretty, all those sorts of things. Um, and so it sounds like you really were giving a lot of food to those gremlins, uh, which just allowed <laughs> them to fester. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I really was. And it was so frustrating yeah. because, honestly, I had done so much work to sort of get to where I had come, and this is sort of even post-divorce, that I I was um, I wasn't sure like why I couldn't let those go. You know, why was I still repeating the same self-sabotage behaviors and and allowing you know what was it that was causing me to give my power away? Right, right. So, what were some of the uh, the things that you to begin to gain it back? Now, obviously, you left your marriage and moved across the state, but what were uh, some of the things, the smaller things that you had to begin doing to, to, to build up the, the ability and the courage to, uh, to do that? You know, I, um, I started um, taking care of myself. I started paying attention to what I needed, actually, which was something I hadn't done before. I, people used to ask me, you know, so how are you? And I would tell them all about my husband <laughs> because, because I was very focused on I knew everything about him. I knew everything he was doing and wasn't doing and should have been doing, and, and I couldn't really tell you about myself. So I started to get more in touch with who I was. That was, that was one of the very early on things. Um, and I, and the, more I was, the more I did that, the more I stopped taking things personally. Um, that wasn't always easy to do, but with practice you really begin to see that what other people say and do is really never about you. It's always about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took a really honest look at my boundaries, um, which I really didn't have at the time. So, you know, I, I kind of looked at it. 
I, I didn't have a whole lot of boundaries in place, so I started practicing being somebody with boundaries, you know, one boundary at a time. I think I, think I actually started by saying no and letting that be a complete sentence, you know, without having mm. to justify or rationalize or make excuses or anything else. That mm-hmm. No is a complete sentence all on its own. Yeah. Wow, I love that. I never heard that before. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. Because, you know, you're right. It's... it's um, it's so often that when we say no, what usually follows is we have to justify why it's no. We have to sometimes even apologize for the no, like, you know what, no. And I'm sorry if that's upsetting, but here's the deal. And then we, we justify and explain, and it's like we don't have to do that. No yeah. no. Absolutely. And then I shifted my paradigm away from being a victim, you know, of my circumstances, and then into finding the possibilities and choices that were at my disposal. Right. Wow, that's great. So tell me about the feeling like a victim. You said you had to shift out of feeling like a victim. So initially, of course, you, you, you were at a victim level of experience with it, right, or a victim level of consciousness, as we talked about. Um, and one of the things that, you know, that, that we know as coaches certainly about being in victim when something's happening to us um, is that it serves us. There's a purpose to it. And just for, uh, to clarify for, for listeners who, who uh, are wondering what do we mean by victim, um, we're not necessarily just talking about victim as somebody did something to me. That's part of victim. But in coaching, we talk about victim uh, being in a victim state of consciousness as not being in control of something that we want to be in control of or being at the effect of something instead of at the cause of something and feeling like there's nothing I can do. Nothing I could do yeah. to make a difference, sort of a, a sense of futility, which ultimately leads us to feeling, uh, to feeling lethargic and becoming a bit apathetic about our circumstances because, you know, I'm not going to bother doing anything because nothing I do makes a difference. Poor me, right? And the advantage to that is, and it's a normal place for us to go, is that we get to protect ourselves. Um, yeah. And also sometimes people give us care and sympathy, right? And there are certainly circumstances in life where that's appropriate. Um, so as we look at victim as sort of a, a, a protective state, what would you say you were protecting yourself from during the time that you were experiencing this from a, victim's, from a victim level of consciousness? Oh, gosh. I was, I was really protecting myself from having to make the decision, a tough decision about whether I was going to stay in the marriage or, or ask for a divorce. You know, ah. uh, protecting mm-hmm. my children from that, and um, and protecting myself from isolation. You know, because I had all kinds of stories in my head about what would happen when I was divorced, <laughs> and they all uh-huh. equaled lonely. <laughs> so, so I mean, it was easier for me to stay in it, um, even if I wasn't super happy and it wasn't really healthy, than it was to um, to to leave at that point. You know, during those victim years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure, because, you know, we, we talked earlier about how you needed the courage to be able to up and leave, right? Yeah. So without the courage, you had the safety of staying in it. If you're victimized by it and convince yourself that there's nothing you can do, well, you got to avoid the responsibility and the fear and the, all that kind of stuff of actually having to do something pretty scary to change it, right? Yeah, and I spent probably two years working with um, somebody, a therapist actually, on sort of, you know, getting to that point where I could even have the courage to say it's what I wanted. Um, and yeah, looking back, 
Yeah, I spent two. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's amazing to me that I look back. You know, given where I am today, and I look back to where I was then, that that I was so fearful that it took that long for me to even get to that point of uh, saying it out loud. You know, I want a yeah. divorce. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a really important point, too, that you raised there, Barbie, because I think that, you know, a lot of us, we're out there, we're trying to make changes in our lives, and we kind of beat ourselves up for, well, why did it take me so long? Or we wish somebody else would make a change in their life, and we could see it, like, clear as day, how much happier they'll be if they do this differently or leave this job or leave this relationship, mm-hmm. and we get frustrated that they can't see it. And we figure, well, if I just tell them 50 times, they'll finally see it. Right. Right. Um, so in that, in our own minds, we're beating ourselves up or the other person up for not making the change. And it's important that we kind of be gentle with ourselves, uh, as well as the other people that we might Absolutely. be judging, right, in that way, and to recognize, like you know, it, just knowing the just knowing the truth isn't enough to begin to start taking action. We need to look at. Um, why we don't take the action towards the truth. I think when we're stuck in circumstances, um, we're probably, we're, we probably know the truth, but we're afraid of it and we're afraid of acting on it. We, Absolutely. How accurately you that, say that, that was describes true for me, for sure. Yeah. That, that was definitely true for me. I knew, I knew my truth. I was so afraid of, of it and to say it mm-hmm. out loud that it really it took a, a long time for me to get there to really admit it. Yeah, yeah, and and then there's, it's 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 a process, right? And it's time before you can become comfortable really facing that, and not just knowing it, but being ready to take action on what you know about it, right? Right. Um, so uh, so two years it took you, and uh, you know I would imagine that's a pretty normal experience for people that are going through stuff like that. Yeah, it takes a while to to you know uncover. W- how deep the rooted the fears are, you know, where do they come from? Um, what are your fear triggers? Um, all of those things that, that go into why you're not able to, to find the courage to, to do what you need to do or what you want, what you really want and what's keeping mm-hmm. you from voicing that. M- my experience has been more often than not, it's rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and certainly in in, uh, in my work as a coach, I, I I see that all the time. Usually, what holds people back is fear. Uh-huh. That's what holds us back. You know, fear of the unknown, um, or fear of what we believe is the known. Right? Um, the, the the fear that um, you know we're not good enough for it to succeed, uh, or the fear that you know we've been in similar situations before and we know how they turn out and it's going to happen again. Uh, or just having some some limiting beliefs about things that again hold us back, you know, like uh, no one wants to marry a woman over forty who already has kids, right? Right. That's that's certainly going to be a limiting belief that's going to hold someone back, right? Absolutely. And and I, I I certainly had that. I certainly had the fear of being judged. Um, you know, I did a lot of what will people think, and you know, mm-hmm. are they going to see me as a failure and the baggage and who will want me? I remember saying that actually to a coworker at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, I kind of joke about it now, but, I, but it was very real for me at that moment. I really, really thought that. And it was mm-hmm. something I had to work through. Sure. So how did you work through? What did you ultimately realize 
on the other side of working through that that allowed you after that two-year period to, to finally fully acknowledge, embrace, and take on the truth that you kind of knew all along? Um, you know, I, I, well, the, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of change. Um, so there yep. was that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I really wanted um, better. Well, you know, I made a decision. I made a decision, which was um, <laughs> hard for me to make, but, you know, when I, when I decided to end my marriage, in that moment was actually a decision that I deserved to be happy. And probably for the first time maybe in my life, I, like, really owned it. Like, I get to decide. This is something that I get to decide. Get to, not have to, get to. Um, and there's power in that. There's personal power in that. Mm -hmm. Totally. So it's interesting. So we sometimes, we sometimes take our power back um, only when the pain of not doing so becomes greater than the pain of doing so. Yep. Right? So, uh, and that's interesting. You know, sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. Um, and, you know, anybody, in fact, I'm, I'm sure your, uh, sure your ex-husband probably learned this, um, you know, as a recovering addict, that... Um, Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom before we're ready to change. And hitting rock bottom is that point when it can't get any worse. And whatever it takes to change has got to be better than this, right? Um, so I know that people that are in 12-step recovery programs learn that lesson, um, which is often what gets them into recovery and then on, on the road to healing and, and, to, uh, uh, and to a spiritual and emotional wellness, right? Right. And I, I had my own, you know, 12-step program that I participated in, which is the other side of, you know, uh, for the families of um, addicts or alcoholics. And um, that was a really interesting process for me, too. It was a, it was a great support system. Um, and I learned that I wasn't crazy. And I learned that um, I learned to, I, that's actually where I first started to learn boundaries. I started to learn, you know, where I began and end and where somebody else, you know, begins and ends and how we're not um, completely enmeshed. I started to untangle myself from, from that um, in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. Great. And that's what, you, that's what you're talking about with boundaries before. It's Absolutely. recognizing, you know, where do I end and somebody else begins, right, um, and untangling that. Yep. So, so, um, so let me ask you this: What what are some of the basic things that you um, that you distilled? And actually, no, you know what? Let me first ask you. Uh, so, your your ex husband, I understand that uh, he's doing well now with with his life and has uh, has gone through yep. recovery. Uh, so that's great. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, and you want to comment on that? Yeah, you know, um I I'll just say that um one of the one of the catalysts, you know, for me kind of just taking that on and and ending the marriage was I wanted we were both doing things that weren't healthy for us, you know. I and I I owned my part in the marriage and um what was, you know, not working. Um but truthfully I wanted him to be better and I didn't think that, that with us being together that that would happen. <laughs> so 
Um, and I'm happy to say, I'm happy to say that we have a great relationship now, and you know, we're a united front for our kids, and he's he's able to show up in the way that he needs to as a dad, and you know, it's it's just a much healthier relationship all the way around. And I think that we both had some some growing and and personal growth to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hearing that you really left him not so much from an angry place, but from a compassionate one in a way. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I. You know, I wanted to, I wanted my kids to experience, you know, the dad that I knew that he could be. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, part of forgiveness, which we could do a whole show on forgiveness, and I think you have recently, but um, yep. part of forgiving him was so that I could move on too. Um, and, and the other thing that I know to be true about addictions is that it's a, it's a disease and not a choice. And mm-hmm. so I, I, um, to harbor ill feelings towards someone who was sick with, you know, his disease at that time, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> so, right. so I, I didn't want to do that. Um, and then, like I said, I also genuinely wanted him to be happy, and he is. So, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. You know, I wanted us both to be happy, and we are. Yep, sure. That's In fact, great. our I oldest just... son lives with him full time, and he has since 2012. Um, wow. And I think that's. Yeah, and I think that's uh, as hard as of a decision as that was for me to let him go. I'm very thankful that I feel safe and secure that he's getting what he needs. Sure, absolutely. And then you know, also just what a gift it is to your children to see how this can work out in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and the way to teach them about resolving conflict, and you know, there's just so many life lessons in there, um, and uh, so that's really valuable. So, you know, it's interesting because um, as you talk about uh, making the decision to, to, to leave, it, it wasn't from a place uh, – well, I'm sure there was some fear involved initially, you know, it was part of it. But I'm hearing overall, you know, at least as you piece it all back together years later, uh, that this was not a fear-based choice. This is not a choice based so much in fear as much as it was a conscious or what we may call a love-based choice because it was what you knew would make things better for your kids, for you, and for your husband. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why it was such a difficult decision to make. Um, But because I really, I really gave it a lot of thought. Obviously, I spent two years talking about it to get to that point where I really decided that, that was the best thing. But yeah, it was really from a place of love and compassion. It wasn't it wasn't about being angry at him, um and it was it was really about wanting the best life and knowing that I had a choice to get the best life for myself and that that wasn't it. In that moment, staying in that situation wasn't what was best for me or my children. So yeah. I I decided that I I had another choice to make. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, you know, and, and in my work with clients, and I'm, I'm sure in yours with, uh, with your clients as well, that's one of the things we talk about is making conscious choices, love-based choices, not fear-based choices. Because when we make choices that are out of fear, um, we, don't get, we don't ultimately get the life that we want. We may get to avoid the thing we're fearful of, but that's all we get. <laughs> right. And there's so much more power left on the table when we really choose from love. And that's with a career change, a relationship change, 
the decision to take this job over that job when we're job searching, um, you know, uh, the decision to have a difficult conversation with a loved one or not, right? When we make all of those decisions based on the fear of a bad outcome, we get a very limited life. You know, uh, your decisions not to leave until the point at which you decided to leave were fear-based. We talked about that, right? Right, um, right. So, and you saw what that gave you, right? Um, so, which is why in our work with clients, it's really about helping the client become conscious of that so they can make love and, and conscious choices, love-based conscious choices instead of those fear-based ones. So, uh, so that's great. That's great. So, um we're uh, we're talking to Barbie Holder tonight here on Mark My Words Radio and uh, about personal power. How, what are some of the ways in which we give it away, and what are some of the ways we can get it back? I'm just going to take a quick break right now so I can uh, talk about some of the upcoming uh, shows on the Life Coach Radio Network uh, in the coming days. And uh, so first, starting with Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at 12 noon, is Fun to Fortune Entrepreneur Startup Success with Coach Jeff. So uh, Jeff Valensky uh, will lead a conversation with those who've created fun businesses and uncovered their fortunes in the process. Callers and guests share their inspiration, their business, what makes it fabulous, the challenges and obstacles, and what helps them persevere and prosper so that you can listen and learn as you go through the startup waters. Listeners to Jeff's show will leave inspired, informed, educated, and gain a few new ideas and new perspectives through conversation, some coaching, and hearing from those who found their fortune. And then on Thursday of this week at 12 noon as well is uh, Leanne Parsons with Walk Your Talk with Leanne and Dr. Weiss into intimacy anorexia. What's that? So basically, Leanne is a certified professional coach with a specialization in working with adoptees and their families. And uh, her unique heirloom coaching process is the missing thread in the tapestry of adoption. And together, she helps folks weave their story together and create a brand new family legacy of love for generations to come. So she's going to be talking uh, with a special guest this week uh, about intimacy anorexia. And what is that? Well, I can give you what I think my take is on it, and that's basically when we starve ourselves from true intimacy. Uh, and that would be perhaps by going with fake intimacy or avoiding it altogether. So I think that would be a really great, uh, uh, great show to listen to. And uh, then, of course, my next show, uh, the next episode of Mark My Words, which will be happening on July 13th. We changed the schedule a little bit this month, uh, but on July 13th, and I'm going to be interviewing Tambra Lane. And Tambra is a, uh, a woman who coaches uh, caregivers and cancer survivors, and uh, amazing woman. And uh, she's also uh, working with the leadership of IPEC Coaching's 7th Level Health and Wellness Division. So she's a health and wellness expert, and uh, we're going to be interviewing Tambra about some of her experiences uh, and a wonderful specific topic yet to be announced. We'll keep you in suspense for that. So uh, those are the next couple of shows coming up here on the Life Coach Radio Network, which, by the way, reached its one-year anniversary just a few short weeks ago. So uh, congratulations to all my fellow Life Coach Radio hosts and to our executive producer, Mr. Russ Terry, also an IPEC graduate who said to me a little over a year ago, hey, what do you think of this idea? And 
proposed the idea, and I said, great, count me in, and the rest is history. So I'm delighted to have been doing about a year's worth of shows now uh, with fabulous guests, like the one we have tonight, which is Barbie Holder. So we're interviewing Barbie, and Barbie is a life coach who specializes in helping women after divorce reclaim their power. So Barbie just shared with us her personal story about her own uh, difficult life, difficult marriage, uh, which ended in divorce, and um, uh, and now she's turned all of that around, has regained her power, and she coaches women who give their power away uh, and to heal from their divorces. So, uh, so we're back with Barbie, and Barbie, what I'd like to know is, as you think about all those experiences that we just talked about, what are some of the basic things that you've distilled from your experience about how we give our power away that you now teach about in your seminars uh, and in your coaching with, with clients? Yeah. Um, I, some of the foundational things, um, or maybe the foundational thing, is you have to know who you are at your core. And I mean really know who you are. Um, and reevaluate it often. You know, people change as we grow. And so kind of continually getting back to um, just reassessing your values, who you are, and who you want to be is one of those key things. Um, knowing your personal boundaries um, and upholding them, that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I, I teach how to do. And then being willing to make decisions. So even if the decision is to make a decision in 30 days, that's going to leave you better than sitting idle, hanging on to some sort of energy and being in limbo about, um, you know, whatever circumstance is keeping you up at night, you know. So those are some of the basic, the basic things. There's, there's so much more to it. It's creating awareness and it's creating the boundaries. It's, you know, knowing your values and aligning your purpose with your values and getting to that place where you are truly being able to show up in the world in a way that you're making decisions and your choices that are aligned with your, the core of who you are, you know, your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And um, uh, before I ask your, uh, our next question, I actually just want to remind listeners to call in with your examples or questions about giving power away or gaining it back, 646-716-9397. So if you're sitting there thinking of calling in, go ahead, call in, give us a call, and uh, we would love to hear from you, 646 716 If it sounds like I'm begging for callers, well, okay, then I am. So call in. We want to hear from you. <laughs> so, so great. So, Barbie, we talked also earlier about how uh, we give our power away in many ways. It's not just the, 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 the big, more noticeable or dramatic ways, if you will, um, but sometimes little ways, like, for example, the woman yelling at me on the street, and bam, you know, I'm, I'm hooked on it for the next day or two. Um, right. So, uh, and, and so can you talk a little bit about that aspect of it? That aspect of it, because I'm sure as you as you uh, work with with your clients, you probably find a lot of opportunities to help them see where they're giving their power away in some of the small ways. Yeah, and it, it could be um, you know there's lots of ways taking on things that don't belong to you um, is things that people do often, and what I mean by that is feeling responsible for something that's really not yours to be responsible for. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could be as simple as, you know, working through your lunch hour, you know, you're, and, and taking that on as if it's your obligation. Uh, and I actually used to do that. I used to have a job where I would do that, and I was giving mm-hmm. away my personal power to have some me time. Um, 
Yeah. As a life coach, I know um, a lot of entrepreneurs, heart-centered entrepreneurs, and one thing that happens sometimes with heart-centered entrepreneurs, healers, practitioners, is they may end up having, you know, their sessions go over um, mm-hmm. and or have clients that continually reschedule or reschedule, reschedule. That's just that's another example of giving away your personal power. Your personal power mm-hmm. is related to your boundaries, and it's related to, you know, what you hold true in your values. And I would yeah. say actually probably one of the most common everyday examples is um, people who say yes when they want to say no. That's a big one, you know, and, and they do it based on, you know, they want to be liked or they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, and so that creates stress and burnout. You know, you imagine somebody who has a really busy life to begin with, maybe they're juggling kids around, they have a full-time job, and they're like, I don't have any time. And, you know, what are you saying, what are you saying yes to? Or I guess a better way to say that would be what do you need to say no to so that you can say yes to you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I, I say this to my clients very often, too, when I'm, when I'm, you know, hearing some victim energy, some not in control, some at the effect of kind of stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. I always ask, well, you know, where are you not sticking up for yourself? Where are you not protecting and defending yourself, you know, and fighting back for yourself? And not necessarily right. fighting as in the traditional sense of the term, but just just kind of, um, you know, becoming a bit of a force to be reckoned with instead of being run over all the time by circumstances Absolutely. and by other people who want things from you, right? Right. Yeah, standing, standing in your personal power, you know, and, and owning it. Yeah. Yeah. I often, uh, I often word it as being willing to, to be a force of nature, like that the wind has to blow around you. Just stand up mm, and make like the wind that. blow around you. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. otherwise, well, you're our only choice. Yeah. One of the one of the things that people, um, you know, in order in order to do that and carry that out, you really have to have a clear vision of what it is that your boundaries are. Right. Yeah. Before before you can, you know, stand and let the wind blow around you, you have to know what you're willing to um, stand for. That's right. Yeah, which is why you said before, you've got to know your value. Uh, right. Because that's what we stand for. The things that we value are the things that we stand for. And, uh, you know, you, you knew that one of the things that you stand for unequivocally is the, uh, the well-being of your children. And that's what led right. you to be able to leave from a powerful position. Yep. Absolutely. Great. And the, the thing about values, too, that if I'll just add this is um, – you know, a lot of times they're instilled upon us as we're children, and it's it's really important to to take a look at them as you grow and change, and especially if you're on the personal development journey and you're uncovering layers or you're shedding the masks or whatever that may be, to continually reevaluate the values that you would like to have, that you want to have. You know, what can you let go of? What no longer serves you? What did you take on that you really didn't need to take on, that it was um, some, something that you learned maybe growing up or in a relationship or in a, some other experience that, you know, at the time served you but now it doesn't. You know, what values are you honoring that maybe no longer serve you and making a shift yeah. there? Yep. Yeah, that's important, and I think that's a really good one is um, – you know, not beating ourselves up over having made some choices 
that we realize didn't serve us or, or we realize don't serve us. Um, Absolutely. Or that maybe maybe look as though uh, that maybe look as though they didn't serve us, uh, and, and that we shouldn't have done. You know, the whole like, oh my God, I made such a mistake. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and recognizing that you know we don't make we make choices, and we make right. choices that at the moment we believe are going to serve us. And at the moment that we wake up to the fact that those aren't serving us anymore, all we got to do is change it. Instead of brooding about how, oh, my God, I made a wrong choice, and now look at where I am. It's like, no, you made a choice that served you. Right, and actually you know? celebrate that because, because you yeah. were honoring a value that, that was important to you, or at least you thought it was. You thought it was important to you at the time, so celebrate that you were honoring a value. That's right. That's right. And if it no and longer it serves you, then make a different choice. Yes, exactly. And it was important to you at the time, and it may have been the most important value to you at the time. I, I would say for you me, in, in my personal experience, the honoring the value of having an intact fam- family unit was really important to me, and it was for a long, long time um, yeah. until the value of, you know, having my kids have a, a healthier opportunity became more important. Yes. Yeah. And that's a really good example. I mean, I, I was working with someone once who was contemplating uh, whether or not to, to end their marriage, and they had a child. And, and you know, and, and he was really torn between um, having a family, a traditional family, and having his kid grow up with the mom and dad in the house um, versus also knowing that the relationship wasn't working, you know. Right. And I, and I watched this individual for quite some time go back and forth between a hard and fast conclusion that, yep, I've got to get out of this, to the hard and fast conclusion again of, no, you know what, I have to make this work. I owe it to myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a coach, it's sometimes difficult uh, because you watch the person. You know, I was, I was watching him with this struggle, and, you know, I don't know the answer. As coaches, we don't know the answers for our clients. The client knows the answer deep within, and it's, they have to search. Right? So as a coach, of course, I'm the facilitator in facilitating the process of discovery, which often sometimes is about going back and forth from one conclusion to another, almost as if your psyche needs to sit with one for a while to see how real it feels. Right. You know, and um, it's sometimes difficult. You know, as coaches, because we're, uh, because we're so heart-centered, as you mentioned before, we want what's best for the client, and you know sometimes that's that's the coach's challenge is to stay out of the box and to honor the person's process and not feel like they have to come to the answer anytime soon, <laughs> right? And yeah, that be because wherever difficult. you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. wherever you are on your journey, whether it's you know you're you're sort of stuck in that limbo of back and forth. Um, I, I just believe that, that we're always where we're meant to be, and it's, you know, we want to pay attention to receive what's coming to us and recognize the opportunities, but I do think that, that we are where we're, where we're meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you're saying you can really see that even at what seemed like the lowest of the lowest time for you back then, that you were where you needed to be? I do, yeah. I think that um, that that was an integral part of me developing, you know, the skills that I have now um, and expertise that I have now that I'm now giving back in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. 
Um, but I, I think it was where I was meant to be. I think, I think when it was time uh, for that shift to happen, um, and, and like I said, you know, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of change, um, I was then, you know, willing and able to, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Great. So we've got a few minutes left. So, again, the number to call in if you have any questions for Barbie uh, or, again, just want to share an example of your own where you've given your power away um, or that you've taken it back. The number to call is 646-716-9397, 646-716-9397. So, so Barbie, uh, you mentioned the concept of being authentic, uh, that word authentic and authenticity uh, has, uh, has come across as you spoke several times. Um, talk a little bit about what, what, what do we mean by authenticity and why is it an important part of taking back your power? Yeah. Um, it, what it really means is being who you really are, you know, without the masks, without um, the judgment of yourself or others. It's, you know, the reason I say that authenticity is the source of personal power is because when you're, when you're in that place, you know, from that place, you're really at your fullest capacity to believe anything, to choose anything, and to be open to receiving anything, you know. And when you're in that place of boldly being who you are, you're also positioned to keep out anything that doesn't serve you. So for that, that's the reason why it's such a strong source of personal power. You know, when you know who you are at your core, you're, just, you're able to operate at a higher function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it allows us to make those, con- those conscious choices. When we're being authentic, we know what we want. We can choose from what we want rather than choosing from what we don't want, which, again, is the fear-based choice. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and while you're at that fullest capacity and you're believing anything that you choose and you're choosing anything that you, you want to choose, more than likely you're going to choose what's in line with your values when you're operating at that place. Yep, yep, absolutely. Because when we're not choosing a mind with their values, that's, again, when we're choosing from fear. And, you know, I work with a lot of people who they are in fear, and they do feel the need to protect themselves, and they build these walls around them, right? Um, and I love a quote that I heard once. It said, um, walls that are built to keep out arrows and spears also keep out hugs and roses. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, they keep out everything. Um, so it's, it's, um, so when we're really choosing from a place of authenticity and really knowing what we want, we're much more comfortable recognizing that no is a complete sentence, <laughs> and we're much more able to make choices uh, that are in line with our values, right? And then we get all the hugs and the roses. And, you know, we might get stung a little bit along the way, right? Because uh, if we're not, if we don't have those walls up to protect ourselves, you know, we are vulnerable, aren't we? Um, but and you might be vulnerable, be vulnerable a little bit in you know you're vulnerable in that process, but you're also at a place where you can recognize, um, you know what's toxic and what's not, um, yep. environments and people. You know, so you're you're just more likely to be on the path of making choices that serve you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And the more you it's shed those masks, the, the more you're open to receiving energetically 
all of those things that actually serve you and your purpose. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the, it's, the it's, law of the universe being, you know, what you put out, you get back. Well, if you're putting mm-hmm. out the person that you are that's, that's inauthentic, that's wearing the mask, that's living in fear, that's, um, you know, people-pleasing and all of that other things that comes with inauthenticity, then what you're going to get back are examples to reinforce that sort of behavior in you. And when you really strip the, the masks off and start to be who you are, you start being, you start, things just start coming at you that really reinforce that true part of yourself. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, uh, I, I love to think in metaphors. And so the metaphor that just came to me, too, it, you know, it, it's about when you recognize what it is you want and don't want, you're, you can make clearer choices, right? If you don't recognize the things that you truly don't want, when they come in, you're going you're gonna to let them in because you don't yep. recognize them as what you don't want, right? The metaphor is it's like how our body's immune system works, you know? When you, you know, your body recognizes, uh, like, for example, uh, when you get a vaccine, right? It's like getting a vaccine. There's the metaphor. You know, they introduce the very thing that you want your body to learn to reject, they introduce that into your body in a dead form of the virus that you're getting vaccinated with, right? So right. that way, your body recognizes and go, oh, this thing, this is the thing I don't want. So next time it comes along, I'm going to protect from it. Whereas right. if the body doesn't recognize that as something it doesn't want to let in, it's going to let it in along with everything else, right? Yep. So that's what being authentic is. You, you get to know what are the wants and the don't wants so that you can choose the wants. Absolutely. And just, you know, continually creating that awareness um, around what it, is that you, what it is that you do and don't want. Yeah, and it's, it's building up your emotional immune choices. system. Yep. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, Barbie, this has been wonderful, and I'm guessing that uh, my guests, my, my guests, no, my, my listeners, you're my guests, my listeners, <laughs> um, <laughs> may want to know how to reach out to you and contact you um, if they have questions or possibly might even want to receive uh, coaching from you. So uh, how can people reach you if they would like to? Yes, absolutely. Um, I um, can be reached by telephone um, at 360-281-2171. And also my website is um, desiredlives.com, D-E-S-I-R-E-D-L-I-V-E-S.com. And I actually have a special offer um, for Mark My Words listeners. Um, I'm gifting a limited number of breakthrough sessions. And so if uh, listeners go to my website and click on the special page that says Mark My Words Special Offer, there's instructions there on how to invite or, excuse me, how to um, apply for one of those uh, free breakthrough sessions with me. Oh, excellent. Great. Thank you for that, Barbie. Thank you. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So if they, go to, if they go to your website at desiredlives.com, they'll see a tab specifically for the Mark My Words offer? Yep. Great. Yep. And on that tab Good. is a, a very short um, um, contact form to fill out with some, some brief questions and an application to apply for that breakthrough session. So I'm gifting a, a limited number of those, and I um, am looking forward to serve. Wonderful. Well, I encourage people to snatch those up because uh, uh, you don't know what you're missing if you haven't had a session with Barbie. Um, And I know that because Barbie was one of my students at IPEC in Seattle. And uh, so I can say that from firsthand experience. (laughs) um, And if you missed 
uh, Barbie's contact information, you can certainly go to uh, my website at markmywordsradio.com, and you can find Barbie's information posted there as well. So, uh, so great. So, Barbie, if you had sort of one overriding closing message for our listeners, the main takeaway that you'd like for them to take away, what would that be? Hmm. Um, I think the the biggest message, you know, my biggest passion is about um, honoring your truth. You know, whatever it is that's true for you is going to bring you back to your core. Um, and so doing the work that it takes to do to get to that place, um, you know, creating the awareness, understanding your boundaries, knowing your values, all of the things that encompass getting back to your core, um, that is really the, the place of personal power. And from that place, you will be so amazed at the life that you can create when you create from that place. Mm, great. What a wonderful way to close. So, Barbie, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure and uh, some really wonderful, valuable information for our listeners. So, um, so thanks so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Certainly. My pleasure. So before I wrap it up tonight, feel free to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback for us that you'd like to communicate to the Life Coach Radio Network, visit us at blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork. And then click on the follow button and send us a message. For feedback directly to me or to suggest a show topic, just go to markmywordsradio.com. Click the home contact button and scroll to the bottom to fill out the contact form. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. I look forward to speaking with you all again on July 13th here at 9 p.m. on the Life Coach Radio Network. Thank you again for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.